What's the greatest rock band ever? Go ahead and answer. Greatest rock band ever. ACDC, the Eagles. What else? Skillet. What else? Zeppelin, Motley Crue. What else? David Bowie. What was that last one? Sevenfold? Event Sevenfold. Okay. So it's definitely not, not that one. Okay. Okay. Definitely not that one. It's, it's not David Bowie because David Bowie's pop. It's not ACDC because they only had three good songs. Uh, it's not Motley Crue because they wore, they wore leather butt pants. Um, the greatest rock band is clearly Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Okay, so so let's. I love this. I love it when a plan comes together. What, what's that? Make it for for Atlanta. Free bird. <laughs> That's it. There you go. That's right. Free bird. I love how that that fell into place. What I did is I asked for your opinion. And then I shot it down. I asked for your opinion. I asked for your thoughts. And then I expressed my opinion as fact. Shooting down yours, right? Oh, couldn't be Bowie. He's pop. Well, who says? I I did, clearly. Uh, ACDC only has three good songs. Yeah, didn't you hear me? Three good songs. That's it. I saw a great t-shirt lately. And it read this. It said, the difference between more coffee and your opinion is that I asked for more coffee. <laughs> Isn't that great? So I want to read the definition of opinion. This is according to the dictionary. The definition of opinion is a view or a judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. Sometimes we make a mistake in asking for people's opinions. Sometimes we make the mistake of asking people to opine on something, to render a judgment on something that maybe they're not qualified to answer to. Maybe they don't have the whole story, maybe they don't have the whole facts. Maybe they're not qualified. Maybe they don't have the knowledge, the experience. There's a lot of voices in our lives. There's a lot of opinions that are thrown our way. There's a lot of opinions, I think, that we give. So I want to share a couple nuggets of wisdom, okay? One, don't offer your opinion unless it's both asked for and valued. Number two, don't be strongly influenced by the opinions given to you which you neither asked for nor value the giver of the opinion. Sometimes people say things into our lives and for some stupid reason they have this incredible sticking power. And they just stick to our lives. I'll give you an example. 
I, I lived out in Southern California. I attended junior college for uh, a year and a half, so for three semesters, and then I, and I played football during that time, and I transferred to the University of Alabama. And um, while I was there, and I was setting my schedule, um, the academic counselor looked at my test scores to see what placement into which class I should get. He said, oh man, you, you scored really high in math, um, but you shouldn't be taking a high-level math class um, because that could really weigh heavy upon you and distract you from getting ready for football. So I suggest you take a lower-level math class. I'm like, well, I, help me understand that because I tested for a higher class, and so I think just, should I just take that level class? And they're like, no, no, it could be a distraction. It could be a distraction from what you're here to do, and you're here to play football. I'm like, okay, that made sense at the time. And at the time, I'm like, okay, academic advisor, okay, that's, they, they got to know what they're talking about. They got to have my best interest at heart, right? I mean, they cared about me as a student. Funny thing is, I don't remember the name of that person. Honest to the Lord, I can't clearly I remember if that person was a male or a female. I just remember the advice and that I took it. Later that semester, I, I was told I have to decide a major. And, and because I'd taken a bunch of general ed courses to that point, now I needed to take you know, um, degree-specific courses according to my major. And there were, two, there were two majors that I was chewing on and deciding upon. One was architecture and one was graphic design. And I shared that with some buddies and some fellow athletes. And somebody said, oh, you don't want to be an architect. There is so much math in, in, you know, involved in that major. And again, the last thing you want to do is be stressing about, about tough subjects in the middle of football season. You should be a graphic designer. For the life of me, I can't even remember who it was who told me that. But you know what I did? Right then and there, I decided I was going to be a graphic design major. I never looked into the requirements, the math requirements or any other requirements to get an architecture degree. I just took someone's word for it. I took their opinion as truth. And I made a life's decision based on that. And I look back now, and I feel foolish. I feel foolish. Anybody want to know what the grade was that I got in that math class that I took at Alabama? 102%. I was so unchallenged. I started doing extra credit just, just to challenge myself. I felt so unchallenged in that class. I crushed it, and I'm like, I'm going to score over 100. I've got to do something. This is, this is not challenging. I never struggled math. I never struggled math. I never loved math, but it was never an obstacle for me. And I let some insignificant, unimportant voice in my life have a major influence in my life. And friends, I'm not the only one. I think many of us, perhaps most of us, either do the same or have done the same. Which voices carry the most weight in your life? You can't let them all have 
top billing. Every voice can't have the same amount of weight. There have to be key voices in your life that we give priority to, that we give a significance to, and that we take not as an opinion that may or may not contain truth or facts or knowledge, but we look at it and say, who are the voices in my life that will speak truth and speak truth even when I don't want to hear it, even when it's maybe not going to make me feel good? And those are the voices that we can trust. The most valuable voice in our lives should be God. And this is the most amazing thing to me. This is the most beautiful thing to me. We can constantly hear his voice, constantly know his thoughts, because he gave us his word. He gave us the Bible. We don't have to guess at what God thinks about, about our life, about how we should live it. Now, now maybe when we're looking in Scripture, we're not going to see certain specifics. Lord, should I uh, wear a blue shirt today or should I wear a shirt of like the greatest football franchise ever? An opinion, an, op- in, an opinion, an opinion. Not truth. Maybe those type of answers, you know, maybe in those, we take a second and we pray, we speak, and then we listen, and we allow the Holy Spirit to speak. But today I want to talk about Logos. I want to talk about the written Word of God. I I want to talk about the written Word of God as the voice of God. I mentioned Logos. There's also a word Rhema which is the breathed, the breath of God or, or the spoken work, word of God that we, we get to hear from the Holy Spirit. As, as he, and I say hear, but let me just bring clarity. I, I don't, I've never heard the Lord hear. There, there are some that have. I think they're in the, the, the gross minority. Um, most people hear from the Lord here. It's a prompting. It's a, it's a knowing. Um, it's, it's rarely here. It's more... Our faith is stirred, and we know that he's speaking here. So please don't get thrown by by speaking like we're going to hear audible Sean Connery voice of God. Sometimes it truly is that, that still, small voice. It's that prompting. It's that knowing. And then we go back to the word of God, and we compare it to it. And we say, okay, this doesn't contradict it. Okay, this actually is supported in the word. Okay, I believe I'm hearing from the Lord, and we move forward in faith. We don't have to go around guessing God's thoughts, guessing what he thinks. We just have to open up the word of God. So let me make a couple suggestions. And once again, now this, these are my preferences. If, if I have a brief time and there's not like a specific study I'm doing, there's just a handful of, of books in the Bible that I go to quickly. Colossians, go there quickly. Romans, my favorite book of the Bible. I go there quickly. John. I believe John is the most affectionately written book of the Bible. Um, he, he affectionately writes about Jesus. Love John. Acts, the birth of the New Testament church. Those are kind of the go-tos. 
that I have, and we all have our go-tos. For some, it might be Proverbs, or it might be Psalms, or for very few people, is it Leviticus? But I don't know, maybe, maybe. The Bible was given to us to be the primary voice of God in our life. And we don't get to, if, if we have given our lives to Christ, we don't get to look at the word of God as opinion. That's preference. We look at the word of God as truth. If he says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. And every voice that speaks counter to that is a lie. So by identifying the truth, we've also now identified what? Lies. I know what the truth is. I see what the truth is in the word of God. I grab it not as opinion, not as, okay, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. But it's saying, that is fact. The word of God is fact. The word of God is truth. I cling to that, and because I know truth, the counterfeit's easy to recognize. Did you know that in the government, to identify counterfeit bills, they don't train the treasury officers to identify counterfeit bills. They train them to so know the original that the counterfeit sticks out like a sore thumb. And that's what we're to do as well. Jesus has trained us the same way, to so much know the original, the truth, the word of God, that lies should stand out like a sore thumb. Jesus himself promised that the Holy Spirit would guide us to truth in the midst of his word. That the Holy Spirit would remind us of everything Jesus did and said. And so as we spend time in the word, and when I say time, I don't mean like you've got to plow through like 17 chapters every day. That's not what I mean. Maybe it's like, you know what, I've got a, I've got a quick break. And I, just wanna, I just want to or maybe I just really need to be reminded of truth right now. So, Lord, I've got two minutes. Holy Spirit, would you speak to me in whatever I can read in this two minutes? Would you speak to me and let me hear whatever you want to say in these two minutes? So we read and we ask. And then what do we do? We listen. We hear. We hear from God. Remember Samuel? Let's turn on our Bibles to First uh, Samuel chapter three. I, I ask if you remember Samuel, and clearly the men who go, who, who attend uh, men's Bible study, remember Samuel, because we're still in Second Samuel right now. First Samuel, chapter three. I'm going to read uh, verses two through ten. One night, Eli who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli wakes up. I didn't call you. Eli replied, go back to bed. 
So Samuel did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. You're killing me. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and once more he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then, then, then Eli, who to his credit, he was asleep. None of us are sharp when we've been asleep. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say this. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Can we all say that? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak. Your servant is listening. There's four great lessons to be found in this passage that we just read that I just want to briefly unpack. I'm going to honestly briefly unpack three of them. I'm going to camp on the last one. Number one, if you want to hear from God, position yourself near the Lord. It said that Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. If you want to hear from God, position yourself in a place where you can hear from God. pretty hard to hear a word from the Lord if we're in a place where that there's so much sound, so many other voices consuming our thoughts that the still small voice of the Lord gets drowned out. And unless he's yelling, and even so, there's certain environments, even when he's yelling, trying to be obvious, we still don't hear it. Position ourselves near the Lord. You know what? Invitation is so important. Uh, baby, I hope you don't mind me sharing this. Cadence had a, 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 just a little story recently where she was with some other friends and they were spending the night and, you know, she wasn't invited. And so she came home. And before she came home, they're like, well, aren't you going to spend the night? She's like, no, I'm good. And, and her feelings were a little hurt. I mean, just being honest, she shared with us her feelings were hurt. But she recognized, she's like, you know, they didn't invite me the first time. I'm, I'm not going to go as an afterthought. I'm like, what an awesome girl. Like, just invitation matters. Invitation matters, right? Let's say, let's say I'm standing around a few guys and I see another guy like kind of like, hovering in the background. You know what I should do? Hey, brother, come on, step in here. Hey, do you guys, do you guys know him? This, this is Antonio. Do you guys know Antonio? And then we should make room. Or if, let's say I'm having like a real serious conversation. Byron and I are, you know, I might, I might acknowledge and say, hey, Eric, I, I see you here. Can I, can I grab you in a second? You know, we're, there's just something right now that we're talking about. Can I, can I grab you in a second? But even that, right? The invitation matters. And the same matters with God. Go to a place where we can say, Lord, you have my attention. You have my attention. You have my focus. I'm listening. I'm not a great listener. I try to be a better listener. I think I've grown, and I'm not a great listener. 
my mind's sometimes there's so many things going on. Christine recognizes it right away. She's like, uh, Mark, you want to circle back with me? <laughs> she's like, she'll, I mean, honestly, we've got a great friendship. I mean, we've been friends, you know, me and Kanye has been friends for, for 10 years, ten, you know, 10 and a half years. So she'll recognize it. Mark, I'm going to circle back with you because I think you, your attention's somewhere else. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're right. My mind is somewhere else. And, and luckily, that, that's, I, I love that we've got a friendship that that can happen because others might just get offended. But getting alone with the Lord saying, Lord, you've got my attention. And then he might even say, do I really have your attention? Put your phone away. Do, you, do I really have your attention? Put your iPad away. Do I really have your attention? Even if that phone rings, you don't have to answer. Do I really have your attention? We position ourselves near the Lord. We hear from the Lord. In John 16, verses 12 through 15, Jesus said this. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he'll tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that the Father, all that belongs to the Father is mine, says Jesus. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit's awesome. Holy Spirit's awesome. And if we give him some attention, he'll speak. Number two, when we first realize that God has spoken to us, and desires to continue to speak to us, our relationship with him <coughs> changes drastically. When we realize he's spoken to us, our relationship with him changes drastically. And then quoting from 1 Samuel 3, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. God has a message for you. God wants to speak to you. This is not a one-time occurrence. He wants to speak to you often. He's got things to say to you often. You guys, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I still get thrilled. I still get thrilled when the Holy Spirit just reveals something that God is saying to me. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I thank him. I'm like, thank you. That's so cool. I get excited. I write it down. I get, I get thrilled. I still get thrilled. I, it happens every week when I'm working on a message. Every week when I'm preaching or if I'm sitting out there and all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing someone else preaching. Boom. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's for me. Lord, you spoke this word to this room full of people. But in that moment, you were speaking just to me. Ah, oh, you're awesome. Or sometimes I go, ah, oh, you're awesome. But that stung a little bit, but you're still awesome. Still awesome. Rub a little dirt on it. I'm okay. Number three, your God is truly persistent and consistent about calling out to you, about talking to you. One, Samuel. Two, Samuel. Three, Samuel. Four, Samuel. Samuel. <clears throat> Technically, that could be four and five. Even though Samuel kept missing it, right? 
even though Samuel kept assigning it as being someone, someone else's voice, another primary voice in his life, Eli, even though he was misassigning the voice and not recognizing it was God, what did God do? He was just persistent. He was consistent. I'll use this opportunity right now to say that we all need trustworthy counsel. We all need trustworthy counsel that will let us know, hey, I believe that's the voice of the Lord. Hey, I believe that's the voice of the enemy of accusation of shame. Hey, I believe that's the voice of society. I don't believe that's God. But hey, hit his word. See what he says. But we all need godly counsel. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. None of us are the pinnacle of wisdom. We're all getting there. Thank God for Eli, who provided God, you know, godly counsel, said, go lay back down. When you hear it again, here's how you reply. Yes, Lord. I hear you. And I'm listening. Your servant is listening. What, what does that imply? I'm, I'm ready to humble myself. I'm your servant. I'm ready to do your work. I'm your servant. I'm ready to tend to you and to worship you. I'm your servant. And thank God for godly counsel. Number four, if you want to hear from the Lord, then stop talking so much and listen. Turn off this and this and listen. I was doing some some uh, work outside on uh, I think it was Monday trying to sharpen my, the blade of my mower, trying to get that bolt off. I had a tough time with it until Euchre came and lent me a hand. We applied a torch to it and then got loose. But during that time, my phone rang several times. I'm like, I'm not answering the phone right now. I don't care who it is. I'm not answering the phone right now. My hands are dirty and greasy. And then at, at some point, they were a little bloody on this one. And uh, just a little bloody. And uh, I'm like, I'm not answering the phone right now. Because I was doing a specific task. I was changing the blade, sharpening the blade in, of my mower. That should be a continuous response for us. I'm not going to answer the phone right now because of blank. I'm not going to get distracted right now and allow my mind to wander because of blank. First Samuel 3.10 And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak. Your servant is listening. In some ways, this is the most difficult thing. It's the most difficult thing in the world for us to do. To hear God. To listen to God. Especially when we don't like what we're hearing. And, and that doesn't have to be this challenging word. Sometimes it, it's as simple as you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Quit beating yourself up. Quit beating yourself up. I forgave you. 
Sometimes that's so hard for us to hear. We're like, no, no, I've got to pay a penance. No, I've got to pay a price. No, it can't be that easy. There's something I've got to do to earn your good graces. No, I don't want to hear it. You're forgiven. I forgave you. No, no. Sometimes he'll address things and say, that's not me. That's sin that you haven't given to me. That's rebellion. That's pride. That's whatever. It's not me. You got to give it to me. You got to trust me. I believe it's actually getting harder for us to hear and to listen. And here's why I believe that. Because we're being educated and bombarded to believe that the most important thing to have are opinions. Don't believe me? Open your favorite social media app. I don't care which one it is. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, it doesn't matter. The more that you can articulate your opinion, the more influential you are. The more that you can just stand firm in your opinion as a, as a content provider, you know, in the realm of social media, the bigger your audiences will get. The, the more clicks you'll get, the more shares you'll get, the more likes you'll get. People want to argue opinions. What's, who, what, what, what chain makes the, the, the best hamburger in the world? Wrong. It's Tommy's. We want to argue opinion. What color do you look best in? Oh, I look best in yellow. No, it's pink. What? Yeah, it's pink. So therefore, buy this pink box. As Eli's over there nodding, wearing his pink hoodie. Attaboy. We aren't encouraged to listen. We're encouraged to share our opinion. We aren't encouraged to hear people. We're encouraged to talk. And to share opinions about crap that doesn't even matter. Stuff that doesn't even matter. Stuff that has no influence in our life. By people who, who should have no say in our lives by people whose voices shouldn't even be a minor voice in our life. Some content provider on social media should never sway us, should never influence us. I don't know that clown. Even the Christian clowns. I don't even know that Christian clown. If you hear something, and please hear me, especially young people hear me. If you hear a Christian content provider say, well, the Bible says da-da-da-da-da, but they don't give you where the Bible says that, then you've got to look it up. You can't, you can't pass that along until you've looked it up. Oh, well, the Bible says um, a penny earned you know, is a penny spent or whatever the, you know, I don't know what that is, right? Is that Ben Franklin? Who is that? The Bible says always look eyes. Always look eyes. I think that was Mr. Miyagi. Nope, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Was that... Was that Mr. Miyagi, Yoga, Yoda, Vince Lombardi, or Jesus? And half the time we don't know because it's like, oh, someone says it's the Bible, so it's got to be in the Bible. Look it up. Look it up to see if it's truth. And if it's not, call them on it. 
you're paraphrasing the scripture, blah, blah, blah. You're using that out of context. The context is blank because right before it, it says blank. Right after it says blank. So I appreciate your efforts, but you can't speak that as truth when you're using that out of context. Boom. Now do it nicely. Don't do it like I just did. I mean, do it like more, like do it nicer. All this sharing of opinion. Do you know what it's doing to us? Producing a people who are praised for talking but not listening. And y'all remember the first presidential debate this year? Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, it was painful. I don't care which side you're on. Do you remember it? Do you remember it? Just two people talking over each other, interrupting each other. It was brutal. It was brutal. That's what our society has produced. Talking over one another. So adamant about getting our voice heard, our opinions heard, that we don't stop and listen and hear other people. And we don't stop and hear God. More than ever, this is true at that human level. And that's important. But this is also true at the level of relationship with God. Our God is fantastic. Our God is awesome. And I guarantee you this, man, when he's speaking, you want to be listening. When, when he's speaking to you, you want to be listening. When he speaks something and he trusts you with a word for someone else, oh my gosh, that's thrilling. You want to be listening. When he's speaking and he has a word to share on the corporate level, like today, Christine had a, a word in the scripture that was from the Lord to speak on a corporate level. We want to be listening. Speaking of which, because I was listening, there's somebody that, that has stopped believing for that miracle. The word of the Lord came today and said, don't stop believing for that miracle. Don't stop short of the bigness of God in your life. Keep pressing on and believe him for the big, the miraculous. It's really amazing that God made it so easy for us to hear his voice through his word. You want to know what God thinks about marriage? It's in there. You want to know what God thinks about being a godly man? I do. It's in there. You want to know what God, what God says about being a godly husband? It's in there. Not just his opinion. Truth. You want to know what it is to be a godly woman? in there. A godly wife, it's in there. A godly mom, it's in there. A godly friend, it's in there. A follower of Jesus, a faithful follower of Jesus, it's in there. You want to know what it, how we can obey him in the midst of it being challenging for us? It's in there. It's in there. How often do we just open up the word? 
and say, God, help me to listen. Here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. One of the things that happens to us when we are truly saved is that we're able to shut our mouths. I, I believe it's like an anointing to shut our mouths and to listen. I want to read this from Romans 3. These are the last passages I'll read. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Romans 3.19. Now we realize that everything the law says is addressed to those who are under its authority. This is for two reasons. So that every excuse will be silenced with no boasting of innocence. And so that the entire world will be held accountable to God's standards. For by the merit of observing the law, no one earns the status of being declared righteous before God. For it is the law that fully exposes and unmasks the reality of sin. When we realize that our righteousness is as filthy rags, our best efforts are not enough, our disciplines and our catechisms aren't what God is looking for. He's looking for our affection and our heart and a teachable spirit. And here's the thing. He's looking to constantly be speaking and us constantly responding. He speaks, we hear, we respond. He speaks, we hear, we obey. He speaks, we hear, we question. Lord, why do you say that? Lord, why do you say that? And he never gets offended at our questioning. He never gets offended at that. He's like, oh, this is why I say that. Well, I don't understand what that is. Can you give me understanding? Absolutely, I'll give you understanding. Sometimes the understanding is like, absolutely, but you're going to have to trust me on this. In about a month, you'll understand. There's something you're, you're walking out, and you're not going to understand it right now. In about a month, you're going you're gonna to see what I'm up to. We open our Bibles, we also open our hearts because we got to be desperate to hear from God. He has to be the primary voice in our life and it's a gift that we have the Bible because you know what? There were other time, other eras, other centuries where they did not have what we have and even now there's other peoples, other nations that don't have what we have but we have it. And the place that we hear the voice of God is here in His Word. Holy Spirit, teach us. Unpack truth to us. Guide us and point us to Jesus in what we have heard today. God, help us to make you the primary voice in our life. Help us to recognize lies. God, would you just give us a bitter taste in our mouth to all the voices in our life that are not of you, but yet for some stupid reason we've given them prominence. Would you just give us a bad taste in our mouth? Lord, would you just turn our stomach towards those voices and not accept them as truth or as life, as bread of life.
teach us, Lord. We're here, we're listening, we're your servant. And we're right here listening to you, so speak, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.